And I was trying to, I thought it'd be funny to like imagine instead of the shepherds, ice fishers. Cause like who would be outside in the middle of the motor? It wouldn't be shepherds outside in the Minnesota winter. It'd be, uh, be ice fishing. But, uh, but I'm looking at the time and I'm realizing my short devotional has to actually be short. <laughs> so, um, we, earlier we read from Luke, and, uh, and that ends with the, those verses about Mary, that she treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. And that really gets to the question of, you know, why do we display these things each year? Why do we repeat them? Why do we present them before ourselves each year? Because we have a need to ponder these things. And we need to ponder them more than just on Christmas Day, more than just 20 minutes on a Sunday morning. We, we need to, to reflect on them and meditate on them. And when we think of this idea of pondering, reflection, meditation, to meditate it means to, to focus on it. So it's not empty your mind of all thoughts until you reach an empty void. <laughs> that's Eastern thinking. That's very different than what God means. Um, he say, no, I want, look at this good thing, this truth from God, and consider it from every way. And look it over and try to consider, well, what is the fullness of this? What does this mean? And so that is, we have something to ponder too. Mary had a, a lot to ponder. Um, and we, this is something for us to ponder too, because the angel said, this is good news for all people. And as we think about a birth, this, this, this is, the history of the event of, of Jesus' birth, I think it's appropriate to kind of share an experience I have, I had with with the birth of my children, and I and I found is common among parents. Um, it was about I remember it clearly with Caleb about three months after he'd been born. I, I noticed a shift in my heart, in my attitude, in the way I looked at him. It was like I I was embracing him. In, in, my, in my heart, I was accepting that he was there. I was and, and just welcoming him. And it's not because I had any lack of love for him before that or, or that I was unwilling <laughs> to love him before that. It was, it was more, it just took that long. It just took a couple months for my mind and my heart to catch up to reality. Just to let the reality that this new person is here sink in. And, and I, I found that that is common. I'm not the only person who's experienced this. It's common for a lot of parents. Um, that it just takes a while for this, the reality to catch in. And, but when you embrace it joyfully, welcomingly, then it's like I did, my heart realized, like, oh, no, this is an extension of this person. This new person is an extension of me. This is my child. It's part of my family. And, and I can... So, a new person has come into the world. So reality has changed because there's a new person in it. And very particularly, you know, my reality has changed. My wife's reality has changed. Uh, but, but there's something new. And by ex accepting that, embracing that, coming to that place in my mind heart where, yes, this is, this is real and I've welcomed it and embraced it, it changes my attitude for him. And it did with all my children. I, this is a similar experience with all of them. With Simeon, I have another child. With Abigail, I have a daughter. I have a daughter. <laughs> um, but it, that change of heart, change of attitude, also resulted in a change of life. I lived differently. I started behaving differently. And not all at once overnight, but more and more and more so as I embraced the reality of my 
child, that this new reality that my child was in the world. And I think that that was helpful for me to think about, okay, what does this mean then for us, applying to us, that Mary pondered these things in her heart, and we are to ponder the birth of Jesus too. Because for Mary and Joseph, again, this is is not just a a story to inspire or make us feel good. This was an event. It changed Mary and Joseph's reality. It changed the shepherds, the the Jewish nation, the ancient world, and the the ripple effects of of how he changed things for humanity and creation continue on till today. So there's something to consider about Jesus for you. And we're actually, we're we're instructed to ponder these things and and really look at them and take them to heart. Um, The Psalms have a lot of great examples, but I wanted to look at James um, because you'll see here the connection between what I talked about, a change of heart and attitude resulting in a change of lifestyle of the way I lived and acted. And this talks about familiar verses about hearing and doing. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. Pose. <laughs> As we look in the mirror, right? Um, For he observes himself, he goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So if we just look at Jesus once, just for 20 minutes on a Sunday, or just Christmas Day, and then immediately we forget about and move on and just, yeah, I got, you know, okay, nice, that's, that's great, moving on, got other things to do, then we are like this forgetful hearer where we just, okay, that's nice, moving on, and we forget it, we forget what we saw, and we don't let it change us, we don't let it impact us, we're not, we're not letting it sink in that the Savior was born, and so I want to spend just a couple minutes reviewing Luke, what we heard earlier, so that we can take a little bit of that time of what happened with those shepherds, what was announced, and what is this reality, so that we can spend a few short minutes letting it sink in, just just as a springboard, really, to encourage you to do this in your life, this week, Christmas week, but in all your life. Um, So Luke chapter 2, verse 8, starting there. So first of all, an angel appeared to the shepherds, and I'm sure the shepherds were like, well, what it tells us they were fearful because the glory of the Lord shone around them. But I'm sure many of them were like, must have been like, I wasn't even sure angels were real. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd heard about them in scripture. I wasn't really sure, but oh, did you see that? You know, so an angel came. But we're told they came for two reasons. One, to be a divine sign that this baby born is indeed Jesus. It's like that divine stamp on the birth certificate. Yes, this is the divine son of God. But then he also came for those shepherds, just to invite them, just to include them. There was nothing special for them to do. They were just invited. <laughs> hey, it is, this is born for you. And then he told them the good news. He said, that there is good news for you. A savior is born in Bethlehem who is Christ the Lord. So he is the Christ, the, this one especially sent for you, chosen, sent to you. 
He's a savior sent to you to save and rescue, and he is Christ, the Lord, meaning he is the divine son of God. And this is good news. That means do not fear. He's a cause of great joy. So what are some of those heart changes, heart effects of this good news if we really let it sink in, embrace it? Well, it's a cause to drive out your fear. We have lots of reasons to fear. I don't need to tell you that. I'm sure you have immediate things you think of that you might have worry or anxiety about. And he says this is a cause to drive out fear because the Savior has been born. He has come. And he is a cause for great joy. So there's good news too. Good news that he has come and he has come with peace to bring peace and eternal life. And then he tell, the angel tells them, he's born tonight, it's happened. And here's how you can find him. He's in Bethlehem. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. And th so this, he, they were given a sign so that they could find him and so that when they found him, they would know it. And these were unusual things. Swaddling cloth is not your, your latest Target onesie outfit. It's not in your, or Kohl's, or, you know, it's not, it's not classic infant wear. <laughs> it was, it was material meant to be used for the sheep and the livestock. And a manger was a feeding trough. So they, did, they, they, were, they were mobile, you know, uh, um, Mary and Joseph were, were Sent, they were um, Im not immigrants, but you know, but they or refugees, but they were they were transient. They just had to, all they had was the donkey and what it could carry. You know, they had walked seventy miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem to get there in time for the census, and all they had was what they brought with them, which is not much. One donkey, what one donkey can carry. So they just made do with what was provided and what they could find in that stable. And for certain, there was, there was no other baby born in Bethlehem that night <laughs> wrapped in swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. So this was given for the shepherds so they would know when they found him, this is the one. And I imagine Mary and Joseph, um, all that they'd gone through, I mean, they, so they'd been told, both of them had an angel announcing to them. Mary had the miraculous conception. Then the, the long journey, 70 miles on donkey, they get there. No room, no, ho you know, no hotel room, no house room, nothing. You can have a stable and, oh, you know, the baby's coming tonight, it's now. <laughs> and the baby's born, wrapped, everyone's recovered, and then, you know, some random strangers show up at the stable saying, hey, some angels came and told us the Savior was born and we'd find him. And uh, there he is just as we were told. Uh, can we meet him? You know, imagine uh, Mary and Joseph, um, one weird, you know, probably weird and uh, awkward, you know, total strangers uh, on the night of your child's birth want to come in and meet them. But on the other hand, what confirmation of faith that everything they'd been through, everything God had led them through, and then here come these total strangers that we've been sent by angels to, to find the Savior. And like, there's no other way. They would have come looking for them in that place, in that way unless God had told them to do it and where how to do it. And the question for us is, how do we find the Savior? Because Jesus grew up and he died on a cross, was raised from the dead, ascended to heaven. He's at the right hand of God interceding for you. Uh, so we can't go into a, a manger to find him, you know, to go into a stable and find him in a manger as the shepherds did. But we are told that we can find him. 
because the Bible tells us about it. John, the Gospel of John 20, verse 31, or sorry, yeah, 20, verse 31 says, These things were written so that you may know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So, these, so how do you find him? You are told about him through the word. He's brought to you through the word. And by believing, you have faith in him. You receive the eternal life that's in him. And Romans 10, verse 8 tells us that the word is near to you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. And in the first chapters of the book of Acts, when the first converts were coming to the apostles to believe, and they're saying, what must we do to be saved? And the, the apostles told them, repent and be saved from this wicked generation. Believe the gospel that Jesus is the Christ who saves you from your sins and gives you eternal life. And be baptized into his name, and you will receive the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, will be in you, living, dwelling inside you. So Christ, although at the right hand of God, he's also present in his word, and that word is near you in your mouth and your heart. And so Christ is near you, nearer to you, actually, than, he, than, that, than the baby and the shepherds were. I mean, the shepherds were, right, right they saw him, Right there, I'll point to the, our proxy, <laughs> our manger seat. You know, the shepherds are right there. There he is. There's the baby. We found him. But Jesus today is actually nearer to you because he is right in your heart because the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. So Jesus is near you, nearer to you, closer to you than he even was for those shepherds. And so do we find, see in these words of scripture that it's not so much about uh, you finding him, but it's really about him finding you. That the, the word of the gospel is declared to you and told to you that you hear about him and learn about him and ask to believe in him. And as you come to believe in him, he comes to you and finds you. He was sent as the baby to us. He was sent to save us, sent to find us. And when we believe in him by faith, he finds us. And it's kind of the opposite of what I was talking about earlier with my children, where, where my attitude shifted and I embraced, just fully welcomed and embraced that, yes, this child is part, of, is part of me, part of my family. When we believe in Jesus by faith, we, we are accepting everything he has done to make us part of his family. And that is the wonderful news that he came for. And then closing with these, these last couple words from Acts, uh, from Luke 2, the angels sang, and they sang glory to God in the highest, and they sang peace on earth, goodwill among men upon whom his favor rests. So there's this promise of peace on earth. There's a peace from God that you can find in this life on earth. It doesn't mean the end of all war and tragedy, but it does mean it can be found. You can find the peace of God in this life, and you can have it because you can have the presence of God and eternal peace with him now. And also says, favor from God. Men among men upon whom his favor rests. And I, lo I love that particular translation, that phrasing, because it tells us that, no, this is not just goodwill towards those who do everything right and please God, are pleasing to him because they've done everything perfect. He's saying, no, God's favor, his goodwill rests upon mankind, humanity, because he's chosen to, and he's just chosen to love us and send his son to us. And so if you've ever thought, how does God see me? Does, is he 
frustrated with me, disappointed with me, mad at me? Is he out to get me because of all the, you know, that's why all the things going wrong in my life? And if you've ever thought that, you can throw those thoughts out because Scripture says, no, his favor is upon you. It rests upon you. He is for you. And you can know this because he has sent the Christ. He has sent Jesus to save you and bring you peace and eternal life. And as a closing thought here, the aftermath, the shepherds went on their way. They went back to the fields, to the hills, and they took care of their sheep. And the next morning, Mary and Joseph took care of a brand new baby. And essentially, every, everyone had to go back to their mundane, ordinary life. And after Christmas season, all of us will go back to our regular, ordinary life. But for the shepherds and Mary, everything, their ordinary was different because God had confirmed their faith. He had shown that he had fulfilled his prophecy. He had promised he had done something. So there's a confirmation of their faith that, yes, God was with them and was doing something. But then there's also this expectation because Jesus was born. He's here, but he still has to grow up and do something. So Mary and Joseph live with this expectation. What is Jesus going to do? What is God going to do through him? And we, too, when, we, when you accept Christ by faith, when he's in your life, you have this duality in everyday life. You have that confirmation of your faith in God that, yes, God has done what he will say, what he said he will do. And you also have this expectation. What is God going to do in my life, in your life, among us next? Because he is at work and he is doing things. And finally, just encouraging with that word of, from James. It says, if he who hears these things, considers them, looks intently at them, and then lets them change him. Let's, let's the word and the presence of God change you so that you act upon it. And is not a forgetful hearer, but looks and accepts and, and then lets them change you, this one is blessed. And so that's my wish for all of you. Um, because a holiday or a vacation is not, it, it's needed, we all need holiday, we all need vacation, but it's not gonna change your day to day. That we, we need the change that God brings, his presence with us. And so that's my wish for you, that you would hear and ponder and consider the reality that is Jesus and that in him, you would be blessed in your everyday life. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your word to us that reminds us what this good news is, that Jesus has come to redeem us and to bring us your peace and your eternal life. And pray that each of us would take that time today and the days ahead and weeks ahead to consider this, to reflect upon it, to ponder it, and that we would also treasure it up in our hearts and let it be good news for us. We pray all of this all in Jesus' name. Amen.